curious? So are we. Are you funny? We might be too. Why don't you get on in here, pop open a beverage, sit down, put on your headphones, crank up the stereo. Because you are now listening to the podcast for Empathy and Imagination. My name is Aubrey Coutier. And I am Drew Clark. Welcome to the show. I'd like to acknowledge you for taking the time to listen to the podcast for Empathy and Imagination. If you like this podcast and you would like to see it continue, please consider going to patreon.com forward slash empathy and imagination and making a contribution financially. Another way you can contribute to this beautiful show is you can go to YouTube and just hit that subscribe button or throw us a thumbs up. Otherwise, if you just want to keep listening for free, that's fine too. That's fine. It totally is fine. It's fine. I enjoy doing this. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Yeah. Is doing it a little bit? 63. 63. Doing it on a different day. Mm -hmm. It's a Monday night here in Crockett, California. Should we mention why? Gradient Studios. Is there a why onto that one? It's because our taints are so blasted from bicycling. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? That's why. Is that our excuse? Yeah, my bikes. T- my taint is blasted. Basically. Yeah, taints, butt, uh, butt bones. Uh, we did a we did a long bike trip. Uh, over the weekend, eighty miles round trip, and a lot of highway riding, a lot of flat ground riding, a lot of chafing of the buttocks. Yeah, a lot of grinding of the gooch. Yep, grinding the gooch. Yeah, chafing the buttocks. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like my bicycle was slowly sawing me in half. Like if these were my butt cheeks and this was the bike seat, it was slowly like just making its way up my body. Yeah. Because I'm big. I'm, I weigh a lot. I weigh 280 pounds. I weighed myself today. That's extra. It's like an extra 100 pounds on me. Yeah. I weigh like so 100 more pounds, 100 pounds on me. And I'm, it's like, and all that weight's pushing, it's like spreading my butt cheeks apart on that bike yeah. seat. And it's just, ay, caramba. I got to take that sandpaper off my bike seat too. <laughs> yeah. This is a silly I stop joke. Stop wearing man. Uh, sandpaper underwear. Yeah. On these bike trips. So, here we are. Cool. Let's uh, check in. Let's check in. You got a check in for me? I'll go first. All right. Um. My check in. Can I get a ding? I just need the ding. If I can't, if I can't hear the very re- resonant ding. Oh, there's also this ding. There we go. Okay. Let's check, check in. in. I'm feeling tired, but good. Yeah. My the man it was really hard to wake up this morning after doing yes. that crazy ride and then go like all right put on your pool man outfit and go start squatting all day mm. and lifting things with your shoulders and and then and then in between that uh sit down a bunch on your very <laughs> tender tushy right but you know i felt i felt good yeah like it it hurt it hurt me Physically, but I was like, you know, I chose to ride my bike. I chose to have this right. job. I mean, like, I'm choosing all this, but it was like, wow, it's the a pain, suffering that you the chose. Pain. Uh-huh. Yeah. I purposely chose it and it hurt a lot, but I, I'm feeling like grateful and uh, loved. I, mean, I got home and my, my wife does a very good job of greeting me. She's like, you know, here's beer and put your feet up and some hot nice. food and. She's like, can I r- rub your hands? And it's just like, oh, she's she's great. Nice, I love her. 
and it's hard to relax. I mean, it's like your body is sapped of energy, but you're so fired up. Uh-huh. It's hard. You yeah. can't really just, you can't just go to sleep. No, right. I got home and I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like shaking from like tiredness, but also I'm wired because I just did this fucking crazy thing to yeah. me. Well, to me, not. I mean, it was 80 miles in two days, plus a bunch of camping gear. So whatever that adds up to is in difficulty land. But yeah, I had a hard time falling asleep. Yeah, and I, 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 uh, I woke up early too. I was like, what the fuck. And then I and then yeah, I worked I woke out up in the all middle day. of the night. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. So I feel that's good. That's good. good. I'm checked in. You're checked in. Yeah, you check in. All right, I'm gonna check in here. I am also tired. <laughs> um, <clears throat> feeling pretty tired. I've worked all day. Hard to get up. Uh, last night though, when I got got home, I I stopped by the store on the way home and. Um, man, I just shoveled tons of food. You did? What'd you get? Is that, did that fail? No, we're good. Okay. Um, what did I have? I got home and I had like, like a big gulp of like Gatorade. (laughs) Um, yes. Fucking thing of chocolate milk. Hmm. Like three donuts. (laughs) Um, that meal that i have in there like mm-hmm. chicken three chicken breasts fries and broccoli slaw I had all that <laughs> wow and then like some chips <laughs> <laughs> wow and then you know water i just couldn't get enough water yeah it just you dr- you drink a gallon and, and I, was like, just, I drink this and then thirsty again but i didn't feel full it wasn't like oh i didn't feel bloated i was just like all right gotta keep me room for more shovel more in there fuck yeah and uh yeah woke up in the middle of the night i like, had to pee like five times yeah you know, Drinks just so metabolizing much. that, all that shit so quickly. Uh, so that was good. That was good. Um, had some bad news last week. <gasps> yeah, my one of the, one of the kids, uh, one of my childhood skate buddies, was killed <gasps> in an accident. Whoa! It's kind of you know the no sad stories. That's how the family wants it, but uh, no sad stories. Okay. Maybe maybe in another episode we'll get into that, but uh, man, that was just out of the blue. It's an accident. Yeah, just crossing the street, hit by a car. And um, wow, you know it's kind of ironic, skateboarding. He lived the dream. That's the thing. So we grew up in uh, just quickly. We'll probably revisit this later, but uh, in a later episode, um, he was the kid from the suburbs that moved to Cali and went turn pro skateboarding that happened to him yeah because he was just dedicated that's all he fucking did and uh so i take comfort in the fact that he was doing exactly what he wanted to do Mm -hmm. and he was probably with the people he wanted to be with what more can you ask for yeah so you guys were skating friends yeah i mean i wasn't super close to him but you know we stayed over his house skate Mm. yeah How'd that feel to find out that he had died <coughs> foolishly? Pretty, pretty stunning. Stunning? Stunned. Yeah. Just like, huh. And, you know, everyone liked him. No mm. one has a bad word to say about him. Mm. Cool guy, funny guy. Brendan Leung. To Brendan. No sad stories to his family. Other than that, things are pretty good. Yeah? Working a shitload, playing a bunch of music. Mm. 
by camping into the mountains. That's my check-in. Okay, cool. What We're do checked you got? In. Cool. What do you got for topics? What do I got? Well, what do you got? What do I got? <laughs> I got a... Okay, I got tardigrade. Tard- Ooh! Tardigrades. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. these little fuckers? Yeah, start, start us off. So tardigrades, also known colloquially as water bears or moss you piglets. Keep going. Why not make it today? What the f- With Taylor Brands. <coughs> wow. Fa- if I, maybe we'll not get monetized. Um, tardigrades, known colloquially as water bears or moss piglets. These things are water-dwelling, eight-legged, segmented micro-animals. Okay. Uh, the name tardigrade means slow stepper. These things have been found everywhere. Mountaintops to deep sea and mud volcanoes, from tropical forests to the Antarctic. They're one of the most resilient animals known to man. Oh, fucking A, that's a crazy You know look. these things? You, okay, you got to gotta look at them. Yeah. The audience can see them. Keep going. Little w- water bears. They just, it looks like. Looks like a like a man in a space suit or something. Yeah. It looks yeah. like a thing is in a suit, but these things can live in, in yeah, the cold of space and in yeah, volcanic yeah. rocks. Well, they can like survive for a little while in uh, <coughs> in space. Let's see. Most convenient wow. place to find them is on lichens and mosses, but they're everywhere: dunes, beaches, soil, marine, freshwater sediments, and. Uh, There's a, there's just a fat crazy. one here. Yeah, barrel-shaped bodies, four pairs of stubby legs. Um, but what I wanted to talk about, and they're parthenogenic, just the fact <laughs> that they can live almost anywhere. <coughs> we mm. keep we keep discovering uh, the parameters of life aren't what we thought they were, mm. right? It used to be, uh, oh, we need light and air and water to, uh, to have life. Heat, water, air. And then it's like, nah, nope. we just need heat. Yeah. So I wonder how f- I wonder what the parameters of life are gonna actually be. Maybe there aren't any parameters. They thought you needed sunlight and stuff, but then people were living off volcanic vents. Right. Sulfuric vents. And then like these guys they're they're everywhere. They're they're ubiquitous pretty much, right? Aren't they like yeah. all over us? Can we tilt the Yeah, yeah, this up to get this? that. Oh sorry. The grind. Get rid of that. Sorry about that. Ah, good. Got my manly beard here. I just. I think it's just the mic was hitting the rim. Oh, that's no fun. Thank you for checking that. And that's not a euphemism. The <laughs> mic was hitting the rim. Hitting folks. the rim. So these guys, maybe there's something. Maybe we can do some genetic engineering. Humans and tardigrades combined. Okay. Create I'm new space-faring version of Homo sapiens sapiens. So these things, have r- scientists have reported tardigrades in hot springs on top of the Himalayas. So that's 20,000 feet up. Wow. And also deep sea, 13,000 feet down. Polar regions, equator, under layers of ice, ocean sediments. It's just crazy. They're most common in moist environments. What do they breathe? So like your taint. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're dead if they're there. Tardigrades are considered to be able to survive 
even complete global mass extinction events. Some of them can withstand extremely cold temperatures down to negative 458 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> That's pretty close to absolute zero. Whoa. Yeah. Others can withstand. Are they still anim- animated at that temperature? I don't know. I don't know. I can't. It'd probably slow down a bit. Yeah. Others can withstand extremely hot temperatures up to 300 degrees Fahrenheit. So I guess oh. there are, you know, there are different varieties of these guys. But they, they For can't several minutes, they can survive that. Pressures six times okay. greater than those found in the deepest ocean trenches, ionizing radiation, and the vacuum of outer space. If they're underwater, what are they breathing? Aubrey, do the tardigrades breathe? Let me look at the physiology here. Tubular mouth. Yeah, we've got a salivary gland, uh, esophagus, intestine, muscles, egg and ovary, oviduct, anus. No respiratory organs no. are found. Yeah, I'm not seeing that. Yeah. Gas exchange able to occur across the entirety of the body. That's fucked. So their skin is like their lungs. But it looks like a spacesuit. It does. They do have an anus, which is good. Three tubular glands associated with the rectum. We should all be so lucky. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have a uh, bucopharyngeal apparatus, swallowing device made of muscles and spines that activates an inner jaw. Wow. Uh, they're parthenogenic. What is that? What does parthenogenic mean again? Um, they is they're afraid of flowers? They're sex. Or? They're sex. <laughs> sex with each other. Eggs hatch after 14 days. But this is... Uh, they can go without food or water for more than 30 years. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> How long do they live? <laughs> Isn't that fucked? <laughs> it's like... Yeah, I'm going to fast for a little while. Yeah. It's How like long? The, it's like <laughs> the rock of... It's like a rock. If a rock were an animal. <clears throat> they can go without food or water for one thirty years, drying out to the point where they are three percent or less water. Um, we're gonna find these in other crazy. planets, aren't we? You know. So they bang sexually, like they one climbs the top another, and they do the hump, the Humpty Hump. Oh. I thought. I thought they might have been like just having eggs and stuff, asexually, like a you know some fertilization is uh, ex- external. <coughs> mating, um, mating occurs during the molt, with the eggs being laid inside the shed cuticle of the female and then covered with sperm. Okay, so let me get this straight. So the female sheds her a skin layer, uh-huh. and then in that skin layer happens to fall off the eggs. Yes. Then the man tardigrade cometh near and, and cometh whacketh and his cometh ween. Yes. Yeah, he he com- yeah. Uh he whacketh on and then they are <laughs> he he sticketh his penis into thy th- dead skinneth and sprayeth over thine eggs. Oh, and that's the medical term for it or It's a medical term before the female fully sheds her cuticle. So as it's as it's coming off. 
as she's molting. That's fucking. How hard. does nature? Fourteen days, uh, the eggs hatch. That's fast. Yeah. How how does nature teach an animal to masturbate over its eggs? Like, I think it probably just developed uh, over time. But think of the first one. Who's no. Who's I don't know. I'm just thinking the power of, of evolution. That's what I'm saying too. If you have incremental improvements and all the time in the world, you come up with this kind of shit. I and guess you come up with human beings. Yeah. Incremental improvements. I mean, that's nature's system, right? Yeah. Trying shit out. Mm-hmm. Incremental improvements. Yeah. You end up with tardigrades and human beings. Wow. Okay. So tardigrades. The eggs and cysts of tardigrades are so resistant to other dangers that they are carried great distances on the feet of other animals to another location. So their eggs are also very resilient. Okay. And they can survive in extreme temperatures too? Yeah. Shit. So they're not extremophiles because they don't... They can't ex- uh, survive in extreme environments for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. But they can survive for brief periods of time. So a few minutes they could handle 300 degrees Fahrenheit, but they couldn't like jump into a flame or something. Yeah, and yeah. they can... Uh, one of the few species that are capable of suspending their metabolism. Oh, that's that whole 30-year business? Yeah, so they can... Uh, they can... They dr- they can dry dry up, and survive in a dehydrated state for five years. There's no heartbeat or something. I mean, it's got organs, right? What? Yeah, but ha- I mean, it has eggs, so it's a living, <laughs> it's a living thing. <laughs> I'm trying to get answers out of you, Aubrey. It's a living thing, man. I guess, but what? It has muscles. It has muscles. Has uh, jaw, teeth, and it eats. Mm-hmm. Like moss. Yeah. They can remain, uh, yeah, and they can dry themselves out to 0.01 normal metabolism. So way slowed down. Okay. They can survive a few minutes at 304 degrees Fahrenheit. They can survive 30 years at negative 4 degrees Fahrenheit. Whoa. They can survive a few days at negative 325 degrees Fahrenheit, and then only a few minutes at negative 450 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. They can can withstand the extremely low pressure of a vacuum and also very high pressure, more than 1,200 times atmospheric pressure. So you and I would be squished into spaghetti. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or blown, you know blown apart <coughs> in space because in space like probably our eye you know our, or, our organs <laughs> our organs would come out through our eyes and shit <laughs> yeah but these yeah. things these things are fine uh, they can survive the vacuum of open space and solar radiation combined wow for, t- for at least 10 days huh. which I mean how do you kill it 400 degrees Fahrenheit. You know, the trade-off is you have to be super tiny. Dehydration. We already covered that. Um, there is one report of leg movement, not considered survival technically, in a 128-year-old specimen. Now that's what? Yeah. 
leg movement. Like it shut down its metabolism for 120 years. But then moved its legs? Yes. What if it's a slow thaw? Like what if it th- takes 15 years to unthaw? You know what I mean? Right, right. Because maybe tardigrades like have a secret... Maybe they go into a secret dream state when they when they do that, right? Yeah, maybe they're all dreaming together and they're mm-hmm. com- solving problems. Coming yeah. up coming up with ideas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hive mind tardigrades. <sighs> that makes a lot of sense. I like that. Yeah. Maybe our brains are just coagulated tardigrades. You know, I think I, I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but what does it, what what makes some sense to me is that they we might find these on other planets, right? That would be crazy. What if they were like the seed organism? Yes. What if they were? Well, would they still be around if they were the seed organism? It's almost like I don't know. maybe they're ancient. Maybe they're just mm. like super fucking old, like way older than humans, and they're gonna be here way after humans are gone. That's a possibility. Yeah. They can withstand 1,000 times more radiation than other animals. Uh, like if they were uh, got, if someone bought them, a, accidentally bought them a radioactive necklace that looked good, right? but was radioactive, they could wear it actually and get away with it. Right. And it says here that they are not susceptible to kryptonite. Whoa. Like, like Superman was. <laughs> Whoa. Uh <coughs> They're the first known animal to survive in space. Yeah, that's the only one I know of. For ten days. They was, was it on a ship or how they? Yeah, they uh, they're taken in low Earth orbit on the uh, Photon M three mission, which carried an astrobiology payload. For ten days, groups of tardigrades were exposed to the hard vacuum of outer space. After being rehydrated back on Earth, over sixty eight percent of the subjects. Protected from high-energy UV radiation, revived within 30 minutes following rehydration. But subsequent mortality was high. So the radiation affected them. But six, almost 70% lived. Yeah. Those are probably but they could come. The they could come back to Earth and be re- revived. What if we could, like, learn from them how to better protect ourselves from radiation in yeah, space? Grow, grow a skin like they have. Oh, it sounds like we have a guest. Sounds like we have a guest. Can you get the door there? Stand by. Stand by. Standing by. Yeah. Sounds like a very insistent guest. Yeah, that was a heavy, heavy knock. Well, well, well. Oh, hey, look, it's Ben. There we are. Hey. Hey, How's Ben. Going? Come on in. Come on in. Welcome the to the podcast for empathy and imagination. Trying to heat the neighborhood? Okay. Tardigrades. Yeah. That's my that's my topic. Okay. D- you know, dig down into it because it's pretty fascinating. Well. Water bears. Yeah. I, I think that they're interesting. I think it's possible that we could learn things from them. Like, uh, you know, ways to protect ourselves in a radiation space way. And also maybe longevity and hibernation. That'd be pretty cool. You could genetically engineer like a s- separate skin that you could use for your body. Ooh. You could wear it to the, Ar- so the yeah. Arctic Circle. Take a CRISPR pill. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Alright. Cool. Nice. Alright, well, I do have something else. Um, but, uh, let's... What's going on? I don't know. What is going on? I don't know. Okay, well... So I saw... <coughs> I saw this video, and I... And it, it struck me negatively. And I... Th and I... You know, you look at YouTube videos, every one of them has thumbs downs. Even if it's like, just puppies. It's just like, I don't like these puppies. Yeah, thumbs down. Some. It's usually like 10 to 3, maybe. It's like, there'll be 10 thumbs up to 3 thumbs, or 2 thumbs down, usually something like less, that. Far it's less way, thumbs it's usually just like, why would you thumbs down a news, it's just like, who cares? But this video. But that's video, where you get into interesting videos, is when they have way more dislikes. So than this likes. one has double the thumbs down. It's a Vice News video with double the okay. thumbs down. I actually I think thumbed I down know it too. What it is. I'm going to play it now. Let's hear it. Okay, here we go. This is like heaven right now. Yeah. Alexis Bromley is from Nebraska. She needed a break from white people. In Omaha, it's very segregated. It's, um, it can be very isolating if you're a person of color. It's hard in Nebraska because it's a red state. And so you just don't know who you interact with on a daily basis, if they believe that you're lesser, if you're inferior, and how that in turn can affect me. She says the current political climate has only made these feelings worse. So she decided to go on a women of color healing retreat in Costa Rica. Hi, such beautiful smiles. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming. My blackness is bold. My blackness is uninhibited. My blackness is strength. The idea is simple. For 10 days, black women come together to eat vegan food, meditate, do yoga. The breath in is the reminder that we are safe. And to discuss the frustrations of being black in America. It's like a mental game all the time, and I'm in these spaces where, you know, constantly getting poked and prodded. Oh, let me touch your hair. Oh, you're really pretty for a black girl. Black people don't exercise. Black people don't hike. People are automatically gonna have this perception of me before I even open my mouth. So many people's ideologies are being validated that don't see us as human, that don't see us as people. This retreat is one of more than a dozen black-owned travel groups marketing trips specifically to people who look like Alexis. In the few years that most of these companies have been open, more and more clients are calling them up. At least five say they've seen a spike in interest coinciding with Trump's election. The idea of black women reclaiming control over their own mind, body, and spirit is exactly what's needed to survive in a system that constantly tells us that our wellness isn't important. We stopped taking care of ourselves because we were taught you don't matter. The retreat is the brainchild of Andrea X, a former Brooklynite turned expat. I left the United States because I was sick of gentrification, racism, um, just dealing with being this black woman, trying to figure it out there. It was 2014, and she just lost her job as a healthcare facilitator. What started off as a vacation in Costa Rica became her entire new life. She used all of her personal savings to form this retreat. We needed a safe space that was outside in the United States to hold certain conversations and just a hill. I don't think that we can do that in the United States. I think that we're suffering and suffocating and just dying every single day trying to survive there. You know, not every woman can afford to come out to Costa Rica. What can we do for the racism they experience for women who can't afford to be part of your retreat? 
I think that it's important for people in the United States, black and POC people, to start forming their own spaces POC. there. Easier said than done. White Americans find themselves in white-only meetings and places all the time, without even trying or noticing. When black people want a break from feeling like a minority, they often have to make an effort. Alexis made the effort, and it cost her $2,222. But for her and several other women, that's a reasonable price to pay for a retreat that bans white people. Would having yeah. white people on this trip ruin it? I'd run my money back. Yeah, I don't think we would be as open and as honest as we are with the group that we're in now. Yeah. Do you all feel like you've been stereotyped? One thing I always got is you're so well-spoken. And I don't think people understand how much, it's, how insulting that is. What, what else would you expect from me? I'm curious if it's been no different for you since it was, it <laughs> the was, election of President Trump? We're black, we knew that racism has been around, but it's a bit more in our face now. It's made me had to pivot my interactions with people. And like, you know, people who actually support Trump. Like, I can't trust you on friendship level, family level, any level, if you actually are supporting someone that, you know, is completely racist. Is some of that anxiety what you feel you need to heal from here? We're looking for ways to uh, coping mechanisms, mm -hmm. you know, and ways to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because we're not on the agenda. Actually, she looks familiar. Do you feel like you've increasingly Coming, lost Coming the ability Coming. to see any Coming. shot at a relationship with white people? Every time I have a conversation with them, I just pick up on certain things that they say, whatever. I pick up on the microaggressions, the passive aggressiveness, I pick up on it. So I decided one day to just eliminate white people from my personal life. And ever since then, my life has been way more breezy. Do you think it's at all possible that the fact that white racism, white people have should have made you leave the U.S., start your whole life over somewhere else, feel the need to avoid them, means that they've, they've won? They didn't push me out the United States. Because if that's the case, they could push me out of any of these countries because they are here, they're everywhere, you know? I feel like white people shouldn't even have passports because they've done enough, especially white Americans, leave them in the United States. They do not need to come here. They do you not. They should be even able to travel. Yeah. They need to stay in the United States. But to a white person who's doing their best to be the best white person they can be. I have no tips for a white person. I, my tip to white people is to let us have our space, let us have our room, and go hang out with other white people. We're okay. You know, you've done enough damage. Lokaha. Samasta Sukino Bavantu. This retreat, much to Andrea's dismay, is held at a white owned resort. That doesn't bother the retreat participants. They haven't cut white people out full time. But 20 minutes down the road, Andrea and a business partner have quietly invested nearly $100,000 to build up their own private retreat space. This is where we'll have the workshops. Is this just like a long con to start building your own black nation out in the middle of Costa Rica? It is. It is. Starting with yoga, yeah. next is going to be like a mini government. I don't want to have a mini government, but at the same time, it will be a community of just like black people living here. What would you say to someone who's like, you know, it's nice as this sounds like paradise for black people. In some ways, like it's motivated by the same hate that white people who want to create white nations and white spaces have? Um, I would say it, it doesn't have anything to do with them. This is about us healing our community. Is it practical to create a black nation in the middle of a jungle? 
or to chase all white people off you're probably not and don't want to do but the feelings to build her own aren't that different from what drove Alexis first place yeah, has on the U.S. I don't blame her. I have been places outside of the U.S. where I have felt more at home and more included than I have ever in my community. Is that an upsetting thing? You know, you say it with like this serene face, but to like go visit somewhere that you're not a citizen home. of and feel more at home than you do in your own country. Huh. Yeah, that's reality. Um, unfortunately, that's the reality of our country. All right, let's pause there. Huh, okay. Very provocative. Yeah. So the, you think the, it's real? It's real. It is real. And unfortunately, I, my it's real. my first reaction, I was like, "Oh man, that's that's an unfortunate display of racism." <clears throat> and then I thought, "Okay, turn the push the empathy button." And I pushed the empathy button, and I my next thought was, "I wonder what pushed her to go there. I wonder what she went through." I wonder what. College. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe lots of crazy dark That's shit. That's my guess. I don't know. That's my guess. Just She just went through college and it sucked? No, she went through college and she learned about... She was indoctrinated with all this PC, politically correct mm, garbage. Int- interesting, interesting. And uh, because she's relatively well off, her family is, she... I mean, she's investing almost a hundred thousand dollars in a place. Yeah. Where did that come from? Well, her business. Partner. So that's just my speculation. I don't know if yeah. that's true. Yeah. But that's the cynic well, in me. Well, how did that's it land? The cynic in me. When you heard that stuff, how did it land in your reality? What was your reaction? Uh, dis- disgust. Disgust. Yeah. Yeah. That's before I hit the empathy button. Right. This is the. Re- this is this is just initial reaction. That's part of the yeah. show. First first reaction is disgust, like, uh, and sort of a weary, weary cynicism. Like, uh, here we go again. Here's another story of mm, okay, yeah, someone who that, hates white that. people and yeah. every white person's guilty. Right. They're all tried and convicted. Yeah. Even I mean, though they could be an Irish person. Who has no connection to the slave owning? Yeah. So yeah, it strikes me as bigoted. I mean, the the levels of irony on the on the quote unquote progressive left are just off the charts. You know the um, the intolerance of alleged bigots. I mean, that's pretty rich. Yeah, oh, if you if you're a Republican, anything? then you're then I can't have anything to do with you because you're a bigot. Right, that's that's the height of irony because the person yeah. being the bigot is the one saying, "I don't want to hear anything you have to say." Uh, right, right, because you're a Republican, you're a bad person. Well, we can we can all demonstrate that we're not bigots and by listening. Yes, free speech. Mm-hmm. Free. That's listening why we too. need free speech and free listening. Yeah, you got to be free to say dumb stuff. Right, and I applaud her right to say whatever she absolutely, wants to say. Absolutely. And I would defend her right to say the dumbest things because you get you to know, say them. I em. wish her the best. You get to say them. That's the thing. Right. Um, you get to say them. Yeah, I, I've... I, I'm like... Yeah, I saw that. I was upset. Thumbs down. It's like, bummer. That's just such... That's not the direction. And then I go, okay, empathy and imagination. Mm-hmm. What must have she have gone through? No idea. 
and I I can't uh, I can't really exactly know what it is to be a woman POC in the USA. So, but think- I have a pretty good idea because we're both human beings, and there's like it's like a huge amount of crossover. So, like, yeah. like you will never exactly know what it's like to be a psychotic heavy metal drummer, but you have a pretty good idea. A lot of crossover. Yeah, because there's a ton of crossover. That's my thought. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, and to say that we we can't ever find a basis because we have different color, a different amount of melanin, melanin. Moment. Melanin, melanin in yeah. our skin. Right, that's an unfortunate idea. That's just a bad idea. Well, you gotta to do think this. You, you couldn't communicate. And as with most of these ideas, you gotta do the switcheroo, right? So imagine there was a video of someone who was like, "Just let Asians stay in Japan, China." Yeah, sick. And of they them. shouldn't even have passports. Yeah. So when you do, once you do the switcheroo and you put other things in for white people, oh, sounds um, like we have another uh, guest. You basically immediately discover how preposterous the ideas are. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Hey, welcome. So, hey, how's hey. it going? Looks like we're gonna be wrapping up here. Yeah. Thanks for that video, though. Yeah. That well, cool. there's I a lot a to say there. There, there's, there's a little more too. We Kay. do have to wrap up soon because we got this whole other engagement here, but. We could even throw a microphone in one of these guys' face and make them tell us about their feelings. But uh, that'd be up to them, and they could signify that by a right-hand wave at this point. Right-hand wave. have to get set up. Okay. So. You had more on that? Well, just more of the video to play? No, I'm not going to play any more of the video. uh, That's basically all of it. I think I think I'm it just I just want to notice that I was like, Oh, I had my initial reaction and I'm going, Okay, that's cool and then trying to push the empathy button as quickly as I could mm-hmm. to go, All right, that's I that's, hear Yeah. That's part of the game is that you yeah. you hear something triggering, you gotta hit the buzzers. It's like, <laughs> Why are they upset too? You should make that a game show. That's yeah. a good game show. <laughs> Who can hit the empathy button the fastest? Yeah. And then they have to like shout something out empathetic. Ooh, I like like it. It would be funny, probably. Actually, because people would say really zany stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. All right, cool. Well, it's it's a short episode. Mm -hmm. We gotta play some music, uh, people. So, we. I'm gonna. I'm gonna finish it. Yeah. Do you guys sounds good? I have a a garden update. We'll just do the garden update. Okay. And uh, that'll be it. And it's in a vlog form. So, (laughs) here you go. got food poisoning uh, not from the garden food we had some store-bought food that we had cooked and eaten and made a turkey meatloaf and it uh, didn't go well <laughs> and uh, I'm sure all you all have experienced a case of the both enzies and uh, uh, this is the day after that but uh, we're already it's sunny look at this it's like completely sunny and awesome the girls are out doing their thing, but they're still like 
one egg a day, maybe. So here we have fun bunny salad time. These greens are just falling out of the ground here and we just tear them up and toss them in. So we're formulating a plan, something like we're going to probably cull a few of these older birds. Cull is short for kill. a bunch of chicks and doing a little brooder and then setting up a poultry net yeah. and then reintroducing to have one whole flock. See how that goes. That's uh, Gradient Gardens Farm Improvements. So uh, that's our garden update, and uh, thank you all for listening to the show. Uh, I'd like to thank Aubrey for driving out here and uh, making the show great with all your technical prowess. I'd like to thank um, Google for inventing the butterfly. Yes. I'd also like to see, I think there's a voicemail in there. might want to check the voicemail. Let me check the voicemail. Let's go, uh... I'd, I'd like to thank the uh, Auto Germany for inventing farts. I'd like to once again thank Zenith for inventing the internet in 1993. Mm -hmm. Thank you to Snapchat for inventing the common rocking chair. See you next time. Here's some voicemail. Hello, this is Drew from the and I just wanted to call and let you guys know that your hard work has really helped out all of humanity. In fact, I even sound cooler every moment. So keep up the good work. And remember, just hang on. Just hang on. You're doing great. Oh, and by the way, keep up the good jokes. <laughs> I think that was Santa. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks. See you next time. Transferring to server. <laughs>